Good afternoon. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker with Bakes Takes Podcast. Welcome to the show. Uh, it's Saturday, April 17th. Let's get right into it. Uh, why I focus on $212 for GameStop GME breakout. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I was talking to Mike uh, before the show, uh, my producer. We've hit 12,000 plus views. We've doubled our subscribers. And thank you. And please join us. Uh, subscribe both to the YouTube channel and the podcast, Bakes Takes. Go to Apple, Spotify, etc. Please subscribe, share, like, and review. Uh, we've clearly struck a nerve here, Mike, with GameStop. And uh, uh, I want to add value. And so the more feedback you give me, the more, way, the more ways I can direct my attention and hopefully uh, answer questions and, 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 and solve problems. So why I do this? Uh, Bobby, Jack, my sons, they're in their 20s. They, got, they came out of undergraduate business programs and they'd uh, ask me questions and they realized that I've been doing this for 25 years, uh, hedge funds, mutual funds. Uh, on the buy side, I went through the 87 crash, got my, my bell rung, to put it mildly, and started my journey. Uh, went back to school, literally got my MBA, and studied voraciously, read everything, hundreds of books. Uh, technical analysis first and fundamental second for me. It just works. Reading the charts helps with timing, if nothing else. And uh, again, you do what works for you, but it works for me. Uh, I read the things maybe you don't want, or The Economist, Wall Street Journal, etc. I listen to podcasts, dozens of podcasts. I devour relevant newsletters and uh, monitor what my Google alerts uh, bring me about all the themes that we're trying to invest in. And I point you to them. Go to the show notes, please. But if you don't want to do that, please know that I'm doing it for you, and I eat home cooking. All I do is talk about what I've invested in and, and what I'm interested in. And uh, I have no conflicts. So please tell me, what are your pain points? What are problems you'd like to solve or, or, or you know, have me address at least or mollify? Uh, topics I should cover. The more feedback you give me, the better. And I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been a great week uh, with subscribers going up as much as they have and all those views. So thanks. Uh, this is not investment advice. Here's my disclaimer. Uh, please conduct and share your own due diligence. And again, the more interactive this is, the more money we all make and the more fun we all have. Um, uh, the fan mail. Uh, I'm going to kick off with, with, with GameStop again uh, because the, the uh, response has been incredible. And I've responded to you via you know uh, uh, replying and DMing, whatever. Uh, as much as I can, I'll catch up, believe me. But uh, one of the recurring themes was why $212, $212, and what's the timing? So I'm going to address that here. Uh, this is, I've, I've drawn this wedge again, and I've added another line. So uh, wedge, triangle, pennant, call different things, but it's basically ascending lows and descending highs, and they, they, they uh, tend to result in breakouts or breakdowns. And so... Uh, I'm leaning to the, the former here that we go up, but we'll see. Now, uh, and people ask when. Well, we, I draw these lines to their apex, and it looks like it's two weeks on the outside. Now, you know, don't that isn't entirely precise, but I think you're going to know in two weeks. And frankly, you're closer to the downside of the, of the, the wedge than the upside. So, you know, uh, if you're a holder, you're not going to care. You're just going to you know, hold the stock forever. I'm not a holder ever, as we talked about in, in, in prior episodes. 
And then the other part of it is is Y212. And uh, the reason why is that it created this gap in the prior uh, the, the prior periods. And so I've drawn this across here. And it just, my, after doing this for, for 25 years and, th- you know, literally thousands of charts, it just, it, it, when these things converge, they're just uh, very enticing to me. So here we are at 212, this prior low, and then you bring it across and it crosses this, the, the, uh, the upper line of the wedge. And again, if you see a breakout above this, we're going to go north big time, big time. Um, could be hundreds of points. I don't know that, but we'll, we'll see what happens. So stay tuned, please. And thanks as always. Uh, Mike had a great, uh, 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 email exchange. Dan Nathan from the, um, uh, on the tape podcast came back to me. Uh, uh, love the show that you did with uh, my boys. And, uh, uh, so he, he subscribed. So we're, 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 you know, creating synergies here with other podcasts that I really like. Um, so please, if I say go to to uh, check out a podcast, please do so. Please subscribe, and and it, it it helps all of us build our audiences, builds our influence, and hopefully we learn a lot and we and we make a lot of money. And now I, the, on the tape, I'm a big fan. And and Dan, thanks for reaching out. We'll be in touch, I believe. Um, next, Mike, you asked about Riot, Riot Blockchain, and I, I looked this up. Uh, it's 3.94% of Block, the Amplify Blockchain ETF that we own. Uh, so it's pretty significant. And again, look at this. It's a triangle. I didn't draw the lines. I got a little bit lazy, I guess. But it's another one of these uh, compressing wedges that are going to break out one way or the other. Uh, again, I think likely to the upside for a number of reasons, but um, uh, I like playing it via Amplify because it's it's diversified. I don't have the single stock risk, but uh, I wanted you to I wanted to follow up. Given you know you make me sound and look better than I probably should, so thanks. Um, and again, I, I still like uh, uh, this blockchain chart. Look at the volume on the up days. It picks up on the up days and it recedes on the down days. That's exactly what I look. I know I sound like a broken record, but it works for me. And so far, blockchain is is uh, is profitable for us, very. And I think we'll continue to, to do so. We'll, and the Amplify CEO was on CNBC this day, uh, the other day. Uh, I have a link to the to uh, the broadcast on CNBC and was talking about Coinbase and they said, we're flat out going to buy Coinbase. My interpretation, not theirs. So more on that later. But uh, uh, the, the, the Coinbase direct listing that occurred this past week is going to go into block. And I think that's great. I want to participate in the long-term growth of, of, of that marketplace for crypto. Uh, Andrew from Delaware called in. Thank you very much, Andrew. Welcome to the show. Hope you're having fun. Uh, and you asked about books, and we've covered this in the past, but, but you know, if you're asking the question, I think our growing list of subscribers is asking the question, and here are my top two to get started, okay? Now, I've read hundreds, but these are my top two. How to Make Money in Stocks by Bill O'Neill. And the reason I bring this up is this is what really brought technical analysis in, in, in front of me. And I just, I was just struck by how logical it was when you can see the the price action and the volume and and the different levels of support and resistance. 
and it's just a great, great, uh, at least starting point to learn about technical analysis and, and, and get into investing. So that's my, my number one there, how to make money in stocks. And the second one is more fundamentally driven, you know, the nitty gritty of the company, what drives the revenues, why are margins going up, why are earnings going up or down, why is the stock cheap or expensive, and that's Peter Lynch. Peter Lynch is a legend, uh, ran the Magellan Fund, had a ridiculously good track record for years and years and years, still invests his own money, but his book is one up on Wall Street, and especially for you Redditors, Wall Street bettors, Robin Hooders, et cetera, uh, uh, you know, I think this is really coming home to roost. I mean, you're investing in Tesla because you like the stock or the car or both. Uh, uh, you know, you're investing in things that you can touch, Disney, Netflix, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's great. I also think that you ought to own uranium and I don't think you own a nuclear plant. So I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be entirely beholden to this, but one up on a wall street, you read those two books, you listen to us. I think you're going to be, a, 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 you know, you're going to gain a lot of investing knowledge in, in, a, in a short period of time. You also asked about options, and I'm the wrong guy to ask, and I told you that, um, Andrew. Options, they're not for me. Uh, uh, the reason I say that is that life's complicated enough. So in the case of options, it gives you the right to, to buy uh, 100 shares of an of a individual stock. That's a call option. And then a put option gives you the right to sell 100 shares of, of, of a certain stock. So the reason I gravitate away from it is, number one, I haven't found people that have made long-term money doing it. I'm sure they're out there and call in if you have, but I haven't seen them. Uh, you have to get the stock right, you have to get the price right, and you have to get the timing right. That's the thing. So if, if, if you're, you know, you're buying a, a, a Tesla option that expires in, in uh, July, you've got three months to be right. And I just think it's tough to do. If you could do it, great. I just think that it creates a lot of variables that I don't want to get involved with. I want to find big themes, invest in them, hold them for a long term, and then frankly, have a competition and looking for even greater themes that we can exploit. Having said all that, if you're interested in options, I would recommend you go to Market Rebellion uh, run by the Nigerian Brothers. They're on CNBC all the time. Full disclosure, I am not a customer. Uh, I, I have uh, you know done a cursory review of the service, but their approach makes sense to me, meaning they, in their words, follow what the big boys do. They, they, they look for unusual trading activity, which is kind of like what I do with my uh, with Tower Financial, my quant strategy that I run with Dr. Lev Markov. We look for unusual trading activity and, 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 and exploit that. They do that in the options market. They see that there's some you know, increase in volume. And frankly, it's what we do with, with uh, our chart work. Uh, you know, there's big volume going on, this strange price action. Let's go take a look and see what we should do. They do it with options. They've got a, a wide breadth of, of products. And if you're into options, I recommend that highly. There we go. Be that as it may. Uh, Matt from Pennsylvania. Great talking to you. Miss you. Hope the family's great. Uh, and um, uh, asked about MP, MP materials. And again, I don't invest too much in individual names. I like to have uh, you know, more diversification, but so be it. Um, this is MP materials, MP, a rare earths miner. And, um, and I'm going to call, I'm going to be an umpire. I call him like I see him. Uh, you mentioned a secondary in March that that's going to create future dilution. That's true. 
Uh, and then you asked about, is, is this a, a temporary situation? Should I hold it or should I take gains? Um, and so uh, this, this is not my kind of chart. The volume is picking up on the down days. It looks like a version of a head and shoulders pattern. Again, I didn't draw that here. I'll do that in the future. Uh, and I'm, I'm also drawn to the 200-day moving average, which is part of my cell discipline, which I've talked about. 2339 is where that is, and that's also prior support where this 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 move began. You get a profit in it. I think you said sixteen seventeen dollars, um, uh, and this is not ideal given we're at thirty sixty four. I would hold it gingerly for now, and and be wary of that twenty three thirty nine support. If that takes out, we've got bigger problems here. I kind of think this is going to be sort of an ugly consolidation for a while so that's why i say gingerly hold it uh i don't know how much help i've been with that but um but you know if if you see a meaningful break of 2339 i would get the heck out and and uh you know go find some other other uh, uh ideas and hopefully some of ours uh john d from pennsylvania great talking to you as well um and uh uh you know, yes, a little extra money. What do I do with it? Basically is what he said. And I went back into the archives, which is about two, three weeks ago. And, and Pete asked about this. And I, I bring back this idea of this pyramid that, that I created for this. Cause I just think it's, it's, uh, it's helpful. And he, and he sort of volunteered this, you know, he has some cash, he has some gold, uh, doesn't have Bitcoin, which I'll address. But that's sort of, you know, you pick the number that you're comfortable with. Do you want to have three months, six months, nine months, a year of just bedrock liquidity that you can get to if, uh, if, if things get lousy? And I think a third, a third, a third makes sense. The reason being cash uh, keeps its value if deflation occurs. I don't think that's likely, but I still want to have some cash. Gold has been money for 8,000 years and has been a good inflation hedge over that period of time. I think that's going to continue. Bitcoin has been the inflation hedge for the last 12. And I think, you know, it has a very good case of getting to my targets of 380 to 480 over the next five years. And we're at, at, at 60,000 right now. So, so that's 380,000, 480,000, which you've talked about in prior shows. So that's the bedrock. And then the next is term insurance. You get hit by a bus and your family's taken care of. I just think that makes sense. Get your debt down, especially if you're getting closer to retirement age. You don't want to retire with debt, in my view. 401k, max out keeping money away from the government. So just whatever the company matches or the union matches, whatever it is, keep money away from Uncle Sam. Put it in a tax advantage vehicle. I use 401k here. And my thought is uh, have... You know, th this is the, you know, time in the market money so that, you know, it, it's you're not going to have an, a, a, an inducement to access this money. It just stays there in, in a, uh, uh, the retirement account. I'd go half U.S., let's say the S&P, half international. You're broadly diversified. Uh, the you know stocks are up 70% of the time. You participate in that. You buy during the down drafts automatically and so you almost don't care and i think that's a great uh foundation and then here's where we come in um uh at the at the top of this we identify crazy themes uranium cannabis if you've been on the show if you're tuned in before you know how unorthodox 
uh, our portfolio is. But I think it makes sense. So we'll talk more. The 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 extra money we talked about. I think you know uranium. I'm so bullish. I I can I can hardly stand it. So I hope that's helpful. I hope it's a great uh, 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 you know a, a helpful uh, uh, construct, for lack of a better term, again to to uh, uh, focus on a way to invest that money. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up is that and it just struck me on the drive over here. Uh, as individual investors, you have advantages over institutions that you may not know about. Institutions have to fit in a box. They can't, they can't hold cash. They have liquidity constraints. They have turnover constraints. You can do whatever the heck you want to do. And it's an advantage and take it and, and, and exploit it. Uh, next, if you're, if you're, uh, I know you mentioned John, that you had a, a friend who was in Bitcoin early and you kind of thought he was an idiot. Uh, my words, not yours. So don't get, you know, don't get upset. Um, but if you want to get up to speed with Bitcoin, and again, we've talked about this in the past, but I'm adding one hope.com is a, a curated site that Michael Saylor put together to explain Bitcoin in about 12 hours pump newsletter is terrific he is is up to his eyeballs in in bitcoin and crypto and a16z um, which is a podcast that i put below here in the uh in the show notes is uh andreessen horowitz the the legendary venture capitalist that bought billions of dollars of coinbase i mean they know this space really really well and it's about 45 minutes, if I recall, an oral essay, the way they phrase it, on crypto. And if you want to get educated, I think those are three great sources. And I hope I've been helpful in pointing to, to those. All right, so here's my take. It's going to be a fun two weeks for the hodlers and, 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 uh, and GME. I think, you know, no guarantees, but, you know, that's why we have sell tickets. Uh, I'm still bullish on Bitcoin and blockchain. The two books are, 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 that I mentioned are well worth your time to start Options aren't for me, but check out the Nigerians. Uh, invest in the top of the pyramid uh, and, and take advantage of, of your, uh, uh, you know, more increased flexibility versus institutions. And if you want to know about Bitcoin, check out those sources. Please share this with your Reddit friends, your Robinhood friends. Uh, send your other stocks ideas and I'll offer a strategy for them as well. Please stay tuned. Uh, my themes and groups, I'm staying the course. I like uranium, cannabis, esports and gaming, agriculture, shorting bonds, copper. I'm sure I'm forgetting one or two, but I mean, I like what we, what we've done. And, uh, I refer you to the, you know, the end of the month shows where we kind of go through the portfolio one by one, but I like my themes and groups podcasts of the week. Uh, this might be a little controversial, especially to the, to the hodlers. Um, uh, Guy Raz, who uh, is on NPR, has a great podcast. How I built this interviews a lot of people that have you know built up you know these great businesses that we all use and know. And he interviews Vlad Tenev, who is the CEO of Robinhood. And uh, you know Vlad, by his own admission, uh, did not do a good job explaining what happened with GameStop, the the trading restrictions, etc. I think he now has a very uh, uh, concise and, and clear explanation of what happened. You be the judge. I don't think, I think Robin Hood has, well, here's my take. Robin Hood has growing pains, I, but I, they don't have an incentive to, su to suppress trading. They, they make more money the more that you trade. 
So check it out. You can uh, uh, vilify Vlad after that if you want, but give him a hearing. I think he's a pretty thoughtful, uh, uh, thoughtful guy that uh, is just trying to run a, a you know a, a business that's exploding. Uh, next, reporters of the week: Brian Sullivan on CNBC. I really like his work, and uh, he writes uh, on LinkedIn. Thanks, essential banker for your investment boom. And frankly, I saw this in other places, but I didn't. I didn't believe it. So I, I wanted to fact check it and have CNBC fact check it. And this is true. And I think Bank of America wrote this up. I'm not sure. But more money has gone into the stock market globally in the last five months than in the previous 12 years combined. Let that sink in. That is monstrous. Monstrous. And frankly, I'm surprised stocks aren't higher, given that fact. But uh, the Fed is, is telling you, uh, rates are going to be low, take more risk, and, and, and go into stocks, and, and people have. So uh, I don't see what reverses that sharply anytime soon, but it's just an incredible trend and, and a, a tailwind for the time being. Now, Danielle DiMartino Booth, very bright lady, uh, worked inside the Federal Reserve, I think the Dallas Fed, if I recall, uh, uh, talked about uh, Powell being on, Jerome Powell, the, the Fed chair, on 60 Minutes, which I watched and kind of shook my head a little bit. Uh, he says the principal risk to our economy right now uh, really is that the disease would spread again. And Danielle, being Danielle, uh, says not Fed zones policies, not leverage in the system, not valuations, not SPACs, not speculation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then she goes hashtag clueless. So I don't know what the Fed's watching. It isn't the same things that I'm watching and that I bring to bear here. But he's saying that the, the, the party's going on and the punch bowl's full until further notice. So I think you have to take him at his word. So my take is there's lots of signs of froth, but the Fed keeps stirring. So don't fight the Fed is an old adage. And I guess I would say I'm a bull with my head on a swivel, which I've used before. So uh, a, a wary bull, if you will. Anyway, uh, charts, tweets of the week. Bloomberg, uh, this is inflation expectations. And uh, uh, and this goes against what, what Powell is saying, is that, you know, m- most of Amer- a growing share of Americans see inflation going up in the coming years. And you just look around and you look at food prices and education prices and healthcare, and, and oil and gas and what, you know, it's just, it, it. so he says it's temporary. I suspect it's more so. And I think this chart shows that inflation is a, a, a risk going down the road, which is why I do not like bonds. And I like all the other things that I talked about, copper, et cetera. Uh, next, Fabian Wintersberger, uh, you, you know, and this goes into this inflation that seems to become a theme of, of, of the show, uh, price of lumber. I mean, uh, if, if you're uh, you know, listening to this on the podcast, please go to the YouTube channel so you can see the visuals. But this is a Matterhorn. This is an explosion vertically in lumber prices. And if you're trying to get work done around your house and you're trying to buy a house, you probably already know this, but uh, uh, real estate is screaming home building is screaming, supply is constrained, and you're seeing it in lumber. And I don't see... uh, Now, parabolas tend to correct sharply 
you know, 80% uh, or more of their value. But this doesn't look like it's doing it at any time soon. But it's a stunning chart to uh, to take note of. Uh, uh, Thomas uh, Malinen, again, talks about global inflation. This is producer prices. He says, I'm, it's, I'm sure he's being sarcastic, probably nothing. But it's another uh, uh, chart that is going north. And it's lagged. Uh, then it, consumer prices is lagged by three months. And so it, it certainly suggests that you're going to be seeing CPI kicking up a lot over the next three months. And I just think that makes sense given all the things that we see. So my take is inflation's going north and I still want to be short bonds because they suck and I'm going to stay there. Uh, Newsletters of the weeks. This is the Bear Trap Report. Uh, Larry McDonald, like his team, like his stuff, uh, copper breakout to the upside. And it's, again, uh, a pretty chart. Larry can read them. I can read them. Uh, and he says all the reflation charts look the same. Uh, uh, a bullish wedge breaking out of a 45-day consolidation. The Aussie dollar looks bullish. The oil looks bullish. Uh, so uh, the commodities, the uh, big swing, big cycle uh, is ongoing. Uh, other catalysts, uh, TECK, Tech, uh, uh, is a you know, major copper miner. Says now that the average project takes 11 years to build a copper mine to go with the permitting the esg standards etc uh declining grades are pushing up costs so uh copper looks very constrained uh, goldman was out this past week saying copper is the new oil raises its price forecast to eleven thousand per metric ton we're around nine thousand right now so here come the bulls indeed bitcoin we had the coinbase direct listing this past week and I just, you probably saw it, we saw it in, in, in GBTC and with Block, uh, the, the you know, you got to make room. Uh, uh, you know, Block came out at an $85 billion valuation. It, it, it uh, I think it's got you know, 10% share at least of, of, uh, of crypto trading in custody. I might have that wrong. Um so what do you do if you're a crypto investor and you're buying, you're investing in this theme, you make some room. And so uh, we saw uh, uh, MicroStrategy and Riot pull in a little bit. I don't think it's anything to be too terribly concerned about. And uh, investing in Coinbase for those vehicles like Block, the ETF that we own, I think makes all the sense. So don't freak out on blockchain and, and, uh, and crypto. Uh, another inflation expectations chart that comes from from Larry and his team. Uh, the percentage of fund managers is the highest it's been that, that are expecting higher inflation is at all time highs. It's the highest number since nineteen since since they began doing the survey in ninety five. Now they could all be wrong, but I don't think so. Uh, so my take is copper's up. Coinbase, Coinbase is taking share in crypto investors' portfolios. Don't worry about it. And uh, what inflation is going to be a recurring theme, in my view. All right, that's the show. Please also subscribe to my Bakes Takes YouTube channel. The audio is the same, but the charts that I reference are on the screen. Follow us on Twitter, at Bakes Takes underscore, and other social media. Please, please use your voice memo app, tape your questions, and email to Bakes at BakesTakesPodcast.com, or write in if you'd prefer. I'll keep you anonymous if you'd like. Thank you for listening. Mike Wilson is my producer. Thank you as always. 
Have a great week. This is Bakes. And for much need of levity, this is salty. Okay, so, you know, you might want to, uh, uh, you know, keep the kids away. But this is Nikki Glazer, uh, Best Roast Moments. She's a funny lady. And enjoy it all. And I will see you next week. Thanks so much. Bye now. <laughs>